0: going on everybody. Welcome back to the Moodyverse. I'm here with my good friend and entrepreneur James LaTanzi.
1: Hey, what's up guys? Uh, It's James. So today I'm going to be talking a little bit about what I do for work and kind of how I started to do it. So it all started with me wanting some sneakers that my parents are like, I'm only giving you like 60 bucks for shoes every year or so, so you got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did try to figure it out. What I did Was I started with about sixty dollars myself. I bought a sneaker. I sold it um, for about sixty five to seventy dollars Kind of just building up profits with maybe five or ten dollars And just kept doing that so I was just buying things that I thought I could make a little bit of money on um, whether it be Jordans maybe some different kind of clothing such as supreme or uh, palace Um, so I was starting off with that pretty much no knowledge so I mean, I believe I'm a firm believer in anything that you work hard at and that you study, you can become good at, um, and then you can you can market yourself off of that. So, I kind of started with that, just buying shoes, making not a lot of money, um, and it turned into me really getting interested in the market. I bought a pair of shoes called the the KD5 Texas. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. Um, and that sneaker was $115 retail. Huh. I saw a, a lot of my boys rocking them and I was like, "Damn, I, I kind of want them." Like like those are dope. Uh and so I bought them for $115 and I wore them beat the hell out of them. Like hole in the hole in the Air Max bubble, like oh. that type shit. Yeah. Beat up. Um so beat the hell out of those and then somebody bought them off me for like 140 or something like that. Like somebody paid more. Uh and so I was kind of just like Why did that happen? Like, why would somebody pay more money for a sneaker I just beat up? And then I kind of realized the sneaker was sold out. So I went on Nike.com, couldn't buy a new pair of the sneakers again because it was sold out. Whoever wanted them had already bought them and Nike wasn't making more of them. So the demand was higher than the supply and somebody paid more even though they were beat up. So that's kind of where I discovered the market for it um, and I kind of went forward with that. So, I had like 140 bucks to my name and I just kept going with it. I, I lost money at times too. Sometimes I buy things like, hey, thinking I'd make a little bit of money on it and bought it and turned out I'd lose money on it. Um, so, I, I've taken losses before as well. Uh, and as I got higher up with it, I've taken losses in thousands of dollars. So, you can't really uh, think that that your losses are, are uh, going to affect you negatively. I usually see them as... Mistakes are learning experiences. I don't believe in taking losses. I believe in learning from from mistakes. Cause I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't learn from my mistakes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just started, kept going like that, uh, kept doing what I was doing, bought a bought a few more shoes, maybe worked myself up to about a thousand dollar range. That took a while. That took like six months to get to like a thousand dollars. Working on it all the time. And then I just progressed from there, you know, like thinking, hey, maybe I should spend a little bit more time doing this. Uh, My parents were like, my parents were not happy with it. My parents were like, you should not be spending money on sneakers. Like they didn't really understand it. They were just like, nah, you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, And I kind of like didn't want to believe that. I kind of wanted to believe like I could, I could do something more with it because I saw some other people doing something more with it. So the reason why my parents were not fucking with it was because, I mean... I was buying a lot of shoes that I wanted. So, this all started out as a passion. That's something I failed to mention in the beginning. This started out as a passion. So, I saw sneakers that were $150. My parents were like, Hell no, we're not buying you those. So, I had to figure out how I wanted to get them. So, what I did was I bought and sold so that I could have shoes for my own self, so I could have shoes that I could wear myself. And so, I ended up basically going through and buying like every shoe I wanted. Uh, I looked up to a couple sneakers. Like, I was like, Damn! Like one day I really want these. Like really thought of like them being way out of my range. Like the one shoe was the Yeezy Two Red October back when Kanye West was with Nike. Uh, and those are like a shoe I looked at. I was like, damn! Like I will never have that shoe. But remember. like eventually those would be dope to grab. So those and the Nike Air Mag from Back to the Future, the auto lacing John. But they weren't auto lacing at the time, 2014. They were not auto lacing. They came out in 2017. Auto lacing now like thirty thousand dollars, but. The pair I wanted was like maybe worth $6,000. And so either way, I thought of those as something that was probably not going to be achievable. Um, But what I did was just build myself up slowly, 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 buying every shoe I wanted, whether it be the Jordans, the Jordan 4, Jordan Bread 4 was something I really wanted. Bought a pair of those, really never kept anything personal. Uh, I bought a lot of used sneakers. So a lot of people are under the impression that you can only sell brand new sneakers I have sold probably just as many used and worn sneakers as I have brand new sneakers. So that's definitely a market as well. Because um, a brand new sneaker is usually priced a lot higher than a used sneaker. Um, so people that still want the shoe are going to pay a little bit less if, they can, if they're if they going to wear it anyway. Um, so that's what I was doing, buying a shoe, maybe wearing it twice or three times, cleaning it up uh, and selling it again. Usually for more than what I bought it for because I realized what it was worth. Um, and so I was doing that. And it kind of got to. So that was like seventh, eighth grade. I was I was on that grind. And then ninth grade, uh, I had so right before summer of eighth grade, right before I was going into ninth grade, I really wanted to wear these Nike Air Mags for my first day of high school. And that was my goal. And I really didn't have enough money for them. I, I really had not enough money for them. Um, and so I kind of had to like figure out a way I was going to get them. Uh, it was like a week before school started. I was like damn, this is probably not going to happen. Like I have not seen a pair for under like $7,000 and I maybe had like $3,200 in a pair of shoes that I could maybe sell for like a thousand, but that was a stretch. Um, and that was like everything I had to my name. Um, and so what I did was I was just scrolling through and I, and I found somebody that posted a size 11 air mag, which is my size. Uh, all the lights were working you just didn't have the box so like this is a shoe i don't know if you ever seen back to the future it's a shoe that you can turn on like has some has some like lights on it uh it's it's pretty cool um in back to the future auto laces like i said but this one is not an auto lacing pair like i said this shoe came out in 2011 it was raffled for parkinson's disease um which is really cool because my grandfather actually died of parkinson's disease so i thought it was cool um for me to grab those and so uh, I ended up striking a deal with this dude and getting them for about four thousand dollars. I traded him the shoe that was worth thirty two, or the the cash, the thirty two hundred in cash, and then also like the shoe that was worth maybe a thousand. So I say forty two hundred. So I ended up wearing that Air Mag like that's everything I had in my name. I wore that shoe probably like five or six times. One of them being that first day of high school, which which was really cool to do. Um, and then I sold that sneaker for five thousand dollars, and that was a worn sneaker. So that definitely. Destroys that misconception that used sneakers people don't buy. People only buy brand new sneakers. That was a used sneaker I sold for five thousand dollars, and to this day, that's the sneaker I sold for the most amount of money. One single wow. shoe, five thousand dollars. Five thousand bucks. Yes, yeah, so that was that was definitely an accomplishment. Um, and then it kind of it kind of picked up from there. Like I was I was networking. I uh, kind of got into some groups of people that that were doing it on a better level than I was, uh, and that really that really pushed me to do more. When you see people around you. Um, doing things that you're like damn. I want to do that. I want to be on that level I want to take this hobby to a different level um, And I, I had people around me that were that were selling a lot of sneakers or or moving a lot of product And so that was something to look up to if there's one thing I believe that the people you surround yourself with is what you become um, And I, I'm a firm believer in that and so that's kind of what I did. I surrounded I surrounded myself with people that were better than I was that were doing more than I was Wow.
0: And, and uh, that, that's the way to go, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, to this day, I try to I try to keep that and do that, keep that same energy and do the same thing. Um, and so I, I met people. I uh, ended up going to some sneaker conventions. So a sneaker convention for anyone that doesn't know is like a place where people are buying, selling and trading sneakers. Um, and they're doing this like all in person at, at an event center. And so I've been to sneaker events uh, all throughout high school. I kind of went to, there was some local events like Philly, uh, New Jersey. Um, I, I went to a few in New York. And then like, as I went to New York, like I started to go there more often. I started to deal with some consignment stores. Um, as I saw some of my friends doing the same thing. So stores such as flight Club, stadium goods, um, a lot of, a lot of places like that. I started dealing with heavily consigning sneakers there. Uh, which, which consignment means, if, if you don't know what consignment means, it's it's when you give a store something and then they sell it for you and take a percentage of the sales, and then they pay you out after that. Um, and so that's what I was doing with a lot of these stores, uh, and that was something that really took my business off. Um, I was just started consigning more and more. Um, and these sneaker events were picking up. I was going to a lot of sneaker events just buying shoes or selling shoes there, having whether I was vending with a vendor table or not. Just buying and selling shoes, uh, and those sneaker events took me everywhere, man. I went to, I went to London uh, last year. I went to Los Angeles uh, last summer. I went to Dallas, Texas. Um, I've been in New York. I'm going back to LA this year for another event. Um, yeah, so I mean, t- sneakers has definitely taken me some places as well. Uh yeah, so the sneaker events were cool. Consignment is kind of what my business turned into. I was actually so during this time freshman year, I actually had two jobs. I was working at Carlucci's Express uh in Yardley, Love Pennsylvania. That person, man. Yeah, good pizza. Good pizza man. Great food. Uh, so I was there for a minute and then I was also at the shipping store in Yardley called Buck Ship and Print. Um And he was a really cool dude that, that just saw me coming in there shipping sneakers out and was like, hey, do you want a job? And, and my 15-year-old ass was like, hell yeah, I want a job. <laughs> and so that's kind of what happened. I was working both those jobs, quit Carlucci's, worked at the shipping store for about two years, which was cool because I could ship my sneakers out there too. I could have sneakers shipped in there and also ship them out. So I, I still really have a good relationship with that shipping store and I did end up uh, quitting that job just because I had realized what my time was worth. Um, and so I decided that I wasn't going to work there anymore. That was after I quit the pizza store as well. I was just going to focus on my sneakers because I was doing pretty well with it. Um, and that's kind of when I really picked up. I was also in between all that. I was uh, so- sophomore year in December. I was hit by a car in the hospital for a month. And it kind of just had me down. I was in the hospital like, damn, why did this happen to me? Uh, just like kind of angry. But... I turned that anger into, into something more. So what I did was I'm sitting in the hospital and I'm like, damn, what can I do with my time? Like I'm just sitting here doing nothing and I can't even fucking get up and walk. So what am I going to do? Uh, and I decided that I was just going to, I was just going to grind out. I bought a lot of sneakers. I bought like 40 pairs of sneakers. Uh, there was a black Yeezy with a red stripe. Uh, and they were going for about $450 at the time. I think I bought about 20 of them and sold them all for like six fifty dollars a piece. Uh, and that was one of the bigger flips I ever made. Um, so that was that was definitely something that that kept me motivated, and I I picked up from there. You know, I I started to really go a different direction after that accident, uh, and, and and pick up what I was doing and and turn it to something more.
0: That that mindset, that growth mindset. You know, when you're down like that, and turning you know the bad vibes you're getting from it into something good. That's I would say that's one quality every entrepreneur should have. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. And I think that also goes along with like, not to say that that was a mistake, but, but having mistakes that you learn from and experiences you learn from, uh, that was definitely the experience that I learned from. Like when I have, when I, when I'm down in the gutter, like what I turn that into. So I think that, yeah, just like you said, like turning bad vibes into good one, that's a choice. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely. And you got to have the, I guess, determination to do so. So economically speaking, uh, of all the deals you've made in your in your career thus far, what would you say your biggest gains have been on your end?
1: Okay, so I had actually bought a size 15 sneaker. Um, this was not specifically for a client, although I did know that there wasn't many other pairs in this size. It was a, a sneaker called the Off-White Hyperdunk. So usually this is, um, this is a shoe that, that sells to basketball players or athletes because um, it's a Hyperdunk sneaker. If you're not familiar with it, it's a Nike basketball sneaker. Uh, collaboration with Off-White, um, who is now uh, the same owner, is, is the owner of, of the, or the designer of Louis Vuitton now, Virgil Ablau. Um And so he um, really does crazy things with sneakers. Uh, and this shoe I bought for like 700 $700. Uh, and I sold it to a higher up in Walmart. I can't say their name. Uh, I sold it for twenty-eight hundred dollars. So wow. that was that was a shoe I probably made the most gains on, um, considering one sneaker rather than a bulk purchase.
0: So you bought this shoe for seven hundred dollars, and you you flipped it for twenty-one hundred. Twenty-eight hundred. Twenty-eight hundred. I'm sorry. So you, wow, you made four hundred percent profit on that one shoe.
1: I did. Yes.
0: That's... Wow.
1: And I can't say that that's a common thing. Like, that's that comes around often. That was something where uh, I established a connection to a, to a buyer and bought, bought this shoe not knowing he was going to buy it um, and just knowing that I kind of controlled the market after I bought it. It wasn't a shoe that I was competing with other people's prices. It was kind of just like, I've got, I can set my own price for
0: that sneaker. Not everybody is size 15. Exactly. Uh, not
1: everyone's size 15. They probably only made like one or two of the size 15s for that sneaker.
0: Wow. That's... I guess now that we've covered, uh, fixed gain, why don't we talk about, uh, you you touched on, um, the car accident in in sophomore year. Would that, would you consider that to be your biggest loss that you've had in your career so far, or?
1: I would actually see that as a gain. I, I think that, Mm. um, I think that what happened to me, if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. That's right. You did touch on that. And so I think that, uh, because it did happen to me, I'm, I'm motivated to be where I'm at now. And I kind of have a different, a different drive that I may have not had before if it didn't happen to me.
0: So if you could, if you could pick out of every deal you've been able to make in your career, which one ended the worst on your end? And, okay. And, so, yeah.
1: so I think that, uh, let, I'd say last December or the year before that, I can't remember which one it was. I just remember it was around the holiday season because it screwed up my, my winter month, usually December is really good. Holidays, gifts. Usually sell a lot of sneakers in, in those months. Um, but I remember that I bought these sneakers. They were, the, they were these bright yellow uh, Yeezys. They were called the Frozen Yellow Yeezys. So this was supposed to be the most limited Yeezy release by Adidas ever. And it still is actually the most limited Adidas release ever. Um, uh-huh. And so this sneaker really low in numbers which means so when there's really obviously when there's really low supply there's going to be high demand and there and there's high demand the price is going to go up so i bought this sneaker from a friend of a friend uh in the uk so i was supposed to have these sneakers on friday of the week um i spent a lot of money on these sneakers um i spent a lot of money on these sneakers and i had bought maybe 30 pairs um I, I was given a size a size list of sneakers I was supposed to have, um, and it turned out that they told me they were not going to be able to deliver. They were not going to be able to get them to me on Friday. Uh, and I had already pre-sold about... So th- these sneakers are about $1,000 a pair. These were 30 sneakers at about $1,000 a pair is what I paid. And I had pre-sold a lot of these sneakers for like $1,500, $1,600, $1,400, $1,300. I was going to profit like $15,000. Uh, It would have been the craziest deal I'd ever made. Um, I kind of got head over heels and, and he said he was not going to be able to deliver them, deliver them to me on Friday. And so I thought I was going to be able to prolong these pre-orders of these people paying 1500, 1300, 1200. I thought they were going to still be able to pay it by Monday, which is when he said he could deliver them by now, mind you, they're coming from another country. He's shipping overnight shipping 30 pairs of sneakers from the UK. So, they ended up like missing their flight. They were going to Paris to buy these shoes from somebody else and shipping them to me. It was a whole thing. They had to run to all these different banks to pull out cash to pay this guy. It was a scramble. They ended up getting me the shoes by Tuesday. All my pre-orders were no longer valid. I had already paid these dudes and um the sneakers were worth $600. So I lost about $300 a pair. If you do the math, it's about a $10,000 loss, something like that. So that's a hell of a, that was a hell of an obstacle. It's hard to get over that but um, it was something that I learned from heavily. I learned heavily what what to deal with and who to deal with. Um, and so I kind of just like early sneakers taking risks. I had a lot of early sneakers. I'm able to get sneakers very early um, although I try not to mess with that as much just because of what it what it comes what comes along with it. And so that was a learning experience um, and I'd say that was probably my biggest loss.
0: Wow. Wow so. Thirty pairs. I'm sorry. What did you spend on each individual? A thousand dollars. About a thousand dollars a pair. So, and you lost three hundred on each pair.
1: I lost about three hundred. Some of them, don't get me wrong. Some of them I sold for what I paid. Some of them I sold for. I think one of them or two of them I still got like thirteen or fourteen hundred for. So it canceled out a little bit yeah. of it. But I mean, obviously.
0: Definitely still a big loss, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So how would you say? You said you said you were able to get over that obstacle. Eventually. I, I was. I mean, you've yes. had a lot of successes. I'm sure it wasn't. Awful forever. So how did you? How are you able to? Uh, I guess correct that.
1: So like I said, it's kind of just not messing with certain sneakers. I took a gamble on that shoe. Everyone, it, I mean, everyone thought the sneaker was gonna go for like two thousand dollars because it was just the most limited. But what I didn't consider is the sneaker's ugly. It was bright, bright yellow with with red letters. That shit was ugly. So like, I was not thinking that when I heard most limited Yeezy release ever you think money. And that's at the time, like all the previous releases before that showed that this sneaker was going to go for a lot of money. All the pre-orders, $2,000 plus, I was just taking 1500 like good pricing, everything sold really well. Um, it just it just didn't turn out that way. The market went a different way. And that's the first easy release where that happened. And, and you learn from that. You learn that the market is unpredictable um, and you got to really expect anything. And so that's kind of what I learned from that.
0: Yeah. That goes right back to determination right there. I mean, uh, Studying the market, learning from it. So, let me ask you this. You've been dealing for a long time. When it comes to, like, over the course of your career thus far, have you had the opportunity to meet or deal with any, like, really cool people, like, any, any like, uh, influential people, I guess you could say?
1: Uh, yes. Over time, I've built some connections uh, with some stores that. Deal with uh, some high rollers. I've also like personally dealt with some major league baseball players, NFL players. Um, I think the probably the coolest person I've dealt with and the most influential was uh, the rapper Lil Uzi Vert, who I ended up selling a jacket to, um, and he ended up just really fucking with the jacket, and he actually wore it and used it for his cover art of the song Sanguine Paradise. And so that was a really cool thing to say, like, "Hey, I picked that shit out," and like, he put it on there. I thought that was cool. Um, he he messes with a store um, in Philadelphia. That uh, all props goes to them. Like they're great people. Um, really good dudes out there that, that made that happen. Um, but yeah, that's probably that's probably the most influential person I've dealt with.
0: So you had you had the opportunity to deal with Lil Uzi.
1: I did. Yes.
0: Wow. And. When it comes to, like you said, you dealt with some major league baseball players, NFL players. Has anyone, I don't know how you feel about dropping names, but has anyone really noteworthy come out of that? Um,
1: I'm really not interested in saying who. And and I really was kind of uh, unsure about even uh, talking about Uzi, but I know that he's cool with it um, and that Suplex is cool with it in Philadelphia. That's, that's the store that I deal with. Um, really good people out there. They got a lot of... Um, Big customers there. They're there for like five years. They really do sneakers in Philadelphia. Uh, Check them out if you're ever in the city. Um, All props to them. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Major League Baseball players, NFL players, I'd rather not say names just just because I don't know if they're cool with that or not. Just like the same thing with the Walmart guy, just rather not say, Um, but yeah.
0: Makes total sense to me, man. Listen, you've taught us a lot today. I really appreciate you coming on here, giving me your time. As you said, your time has value. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say?
1: I think that's it, man. I just really appreciate the opportunity and um happy to share my story.
0: I'm happy to have you on here. I hope to have you again. This has been another installment of the Moodyverse. We'll see you on the next episode. Deuces.